welcome all of you to our words, our weekly words of encouragement um, um, on behalf of Pax Hospice and our staff. Um, we pray that you will receive something in your listening and in your tuning in and that it will not be in vain. Uh, we know that things, all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord to them who are the called according to his purpose. Even if they don't feel good, they always work together for good. And we pray that you will find some inspiration and some encouragement uh, over these next few minutes. My word today will come from the book of Galatians, uh, the book of Galatians, uh, chapter four. And I'm going to read um, a, a, a verse or two there. Uh, Galatians chapter four reads thusly, but when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoptions of sons. And I want to just talk about and encourage you just a few minutes from these words when God shows up. When, when God shows up in, in our text, if we look at our text, I'm, I'm so glad that 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 Paul, as he writes to the churches there in Asia Minor, because they had been deeply influenced by this heresy called Gnosticism. Uh, a little bit of history for the Gnostics suggested that there was no way that Jesus could have come in the flesh. They, they was trying to find some kind of way to excuse their own behavior. They, they, they said that the environment in which we live matter was inherently and incurably evil. They said that, that, that we're, we're made sinners and we can't help but to sin but because every time we breathe in and out the air, sin becomes a byproduct of our contamination with matter. They, they took it a step further. They, they took it a step further uh, by suggesting that Christ could, could not have come in the flesh. He could have not, he could have not have come in, in the flesh, that if he had come in the flesh, that he would no longer have the ability to be pure because contamination with matter and the environment would have made him inherently evil as we are. And so they said that Christ never had a physical body. <laughs> That, that, that they, they said that, that, that Calvary, they even said that Calvary uh, was just a figure of one's imagination, that, that Christ could not have gone to the cross to become the propitiation of our sins because if he had come in flesh, that he would no longer be pure. He would have been evil and no longer be able to become the Lamb of God uh, that, that, that came to take away our sins. And so in order to offset this terrible teaching, Paul picked up his pen and he writes uh, to us and he writes to this church in Galatia because they were too affected by, by the Gnostics. But Paul wanted them to know that, that Christ came in the flesh 
that, that he came in the fullness of time. And in the fullness of time, Paul suggested that although you emphasize Gnosticism, he said, I want you to know that, that our faith is not about a Gnostic belief, but, but our faith, you and I, our faith is about a God who shows up. Uh, and, and so Paul said that this is what God do, did for us. God, God sent forth himself. That, that phrase, sent forth himself in the Greek, suggests that God made sure that it happened. Uh, he, he sent forth himself. He sent forth his son, divinity, born of a woman. Uh, that, that's humanity. Born under the law, that's subjectivity. He said that God in his own essence could, could not redeem man because if God wanted to come in spirit form to redeem man, he could have not wrapped himself in the womb of a woman because if he would have come in spirit form, if he would have shown the glory and the power of his own essence, as soon as Mary looked at him, then she would have died. While he came out postnatally, because remember, nobody has ever seen his face and lived. Uh, and, and so what did he do? God had to show up, not in the spirit form, but he had to wrap himself up in flesh. He had to identify with us. That, that's why this is called Christmas. It means Christ mass. Christ masked in human flesh, that although he, he was born in human flesh, uh, although he wrapped himself up, although he had skin, he had muscles that, that covered his bones like we do. He, uh, although he had hormones and testosterone like, like us, like we men, he, he was still God wrapped up in flesh. No, he, he was not just a great man. He was not just a great prophet. He was not just some religious uh, uh, spiritual figure. He was not someone just to be admired and respected. He was not superseded by anybody else, uh, but he was the man of God. He was the son of God, literally formed, transformed in flesh. So he had to show up. And why did he do that? He had to show up so you and I, and the baby could have the right back to the tree of life. And I'm so glad the day that, that, that one day in the fullness of time, God in flesh showed up. He showed up, you all, to articulate the plan of salvation. He showed up to liberate us from the wiles of the devil. I'm so glad that one day our God showed up. And when he showed up, Guess what he did? He done three things and I'm going to let you go on your way. First of all, when God showed up, number one, he redeemed us from slavery. That's what he did. The Bible says in verse four that that when the fullness of time has come, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law. Now, now, what did he do when he showed up? Paul tells us in verse five, he said he showed up to Redeem. Now, let's talk about that word redeem because that word redeem there it is the word exagorazo in Greek. I'm going to break it down. I'm going to show it to you. Exagorazo is a compound word. It comes from uh, the, the verb uh, agorazo, which means now to bring. It, it means to buy. 
But but when you put the prefix on it, X on it, it implies that you come out, like you exit from a place. X is the prefix on the verb agarazo, which means out. So when he shows up, his purpose is to buy out. Let me try to explain it to you so the baby can understand. See, whenever they were doing trades in the first century world at the marketplace there in Jerusalem, whenever those traders would go in there to, to specific quarters there in the marketplace, that they would pull out money that they needed to buy something that was in the marketplace. And what they would do, that they would buy something wholesale and go to the other side of the marketplace and they would set up tents. In other words, they would go to Sam's and they would buy an abundance of supplies and goods. And then they would come back to Ridgeland. They would come back to Jackson. They would come back to Madison. That They would come back to Simpson County and they would set up market there. And they would uh, uh, just what they had just bought. They would set up and sell it at a double price. They would go buy DVDs. They would go buy the red box and they would go buy a movie for one dollar. They, they would burn them and, and then go back and sell that same movie for, for five dollars. You, you know how we do. They, they would buy something in the marketplace at a cheap price and then resell it in the marketplace. That is the word agarazo. But I thank God for, for Jesus because that the word here is not agarazo. That word is ex agarazo, which means that one day in the marketplace, Jesus came down as a traitor. And on that trading block, Satan was in charge of the commodities. On one side of the marketplace, he had folk last name that start with S. On the other side of the marketplace, he said he had folk that last name started with W. He had folk that last name started with F. He had folk that last name started with a B on it. And one day in the spirit realm, 2,000 years ago, Jesus came to, to Satan and said, Satan, I heard you selling commodities because all of us were condemned to the devil and, and condemned by death and hell and the grave for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. But but God went to the table. And watch what he did. He requested your name, Yolanda. He, he requested your name, Jessica. He, he requested your name, Kelly. He, he says, listen, let, 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 me, let me buy them. Let, let me buy them. He paid the price to buy you in the marketplace. But, but you know what? I'm so glad when he bought us in the marketplace, he, he didn't go to the other side of the marketplace uh, to resell us to one of hell's emissaries. But what he did, he brought us out of the marketplace. He ex He brought us out of the marketplace never to be sold again. And I wonder just by chance, uh, is there anybody that's on the line with me that, that really got a testimony that when God shows up, uh, he'll pull you out of some situations. Uh, he'll pull you out of some circumstances. Uh, some of us ought to thank God this evening that, that, that you've been brought out of some bad relationships. Uh, you, you've been brought out of bad credit. You've been brought by divorce. Uh, you, 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 you've been bought. So, so you ought to thank God today that, that you've been in the marketplace, uh, but one 
day Jesus happened to show up. Uh, so he, number one, he redeems you from slavery. But then secondly, when he, when he shows up, uh, he'll release for you his spirit. Uh, look down at verse number six, and I'm almost done. He said, because we have been redeemed. Ye are sons. God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your heart. The spirit, you all, the, the, the pneuma of God. That means the, the breath of God, that, that, that God has allowed the Holy Spirit to come into your heart. And I thank God this evening that, that, that when, when, when you allow God to show up in your situation, guess what he does? He has a way of putting something on the inside of you. If there, that there may be somebody on the line that, that can testify that God has given me something. I may not have anything under the tree. But, but God has given me, me something. And when God gives you the spirit uh, on the inside of your heart, uh, let me tell you something. Don't you ever allow anything else or anybody to access uh, that thing that God has placed in your heart. Uh, when God shows up, he'll put his spirit in your heart. He'll, he'll put joy in your soul. He'll put dancing uh, in, in your feet. He'll put clapping uh, in, in your hands. He'll also give you a peace of mind that surpasses all understanding. And somebody here this evening, you, you may not be able to enjoy my message because you, you can't enjoy the, the peace of God because you, you allow something or somebody to bring you back into that marketplace. Uh, but but you've got to understand that, that, that when God put peace in your mind, Y'all, don't, don't allow debt and depression to take away the things that God has put in you. But you know what you do? You, you ought to start focusing on the stuff that God has already placed in you. Uh, that, that's why we sing the song at my church that this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me and the world can't take it away. So, so I made up my mind, my brothers and my sisters, that, that, that I'm going to stop reflecting on what the world has tried to take from me and start to celebrate the things that God has put into me. He may not have put a ring on your finger. He may not have put your set of keys in your hand. He may not have healed your body. He may not have given you a new home or a new job, but he'll put something in your spirit. He'll, he'll give you so much security. He'll give you so much peace that you will have folks around you looking at you that know that you're going through hell and high water, but you still manage to have a smile on your face. Uh, you still have a good word to say, and, and they looking at you crazy because they don't understand that, that you've asked God to show up before your situation, and somebody needs to take a moment and just have a praise break. Uh, you, you ought to have a lift up your hands right now and say, God, I show thank you. I show thank you for showing up. Uh, I needed some contentment. I needed a peace of mind. Uh, so God, show up and lay your hands on me so I can have joy and peace that surpasses all understanding. Yes, yes. He, he, he said when he show up, I, I'm, he'll redeem you from slavery. When, when he show up, he'll release for you his spirit. But there's one more thing that he'll do when he show up. Thirdly and last of all, when he shows up, He'll regard you 
as something special. Verse six, and I'm closing, he says, because ye are his children, that God has sent forth the spirit of Jesus into your heart. Here it is. And now you can cry, Abba, Father. Now, now I like that word Abba, but because it is an Aramaic word for father. And this is very significant, you all, because what happened is whenever those first century children, when they got about eight or nine months old, the first words that they learned to say was not Gaga and Gugu. But but one of the words that that they would say is was Abba. It is intimate. It is an intimate form of the word father. Abba suggests total dependence. Abba suggests total uh, and completed intimacy. Sometimes in your life, it's all right, y'all, to say father. Maker and creator of the universe, God Almighty. Sometimes when you get in some situations, uh, you, you can't think of big words. You can't think of catchy phrases. All you can say is Abba. You know what that suggests? That, that suggests I, I'm totally dependent on you. Abba means that, 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 that I ain't got nobody else to call on. Abba means when I cannot feed myself. Abba means if, if you don't pay the bill, it ain't going to get paid. Abba means that, 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 that I spend all of my copay. Abba means that I, I don't have money to meet my deductible. Abba means that the test results, they, they, they say that the sickness is, is incurable. Abba suggests that I'll throw my hands up uh, to the one that's in total control uh, of my situation. And I got to get out of here now, but, but I want to tell somebody that, that God wants everybody, everybody on the line to learn how to call him, uh, not Jehovah Jireh, not Jehovah Nisi, not Jehovah Shalom, not Jehovah Rapha, but, but God wants us all to get to the point to where you can't, if you you can't say nothing else. You ought to be able to say Abba. Somebody here is going through something. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. God has just put it in my spirit. You're going through a terrible time right now. It's Christmas Eve and tomorrow is Christmas. You can't see your way. You, you, can't, you can't see your way. You, you can't understand why, why you're going through what you're going through. But I dare you, double dog dare you to just say Abba. I, I dare you to say Abba. You don't know. You don't know anything about Hebrew. You don't know nothing about Aramaic. You don't know anything about Greek. But but when you've been in some situations to where you've had to call on Abba Father, you say Abba Father. I'm down here, Lord, and I'm waiting on you, and I can't do nothing until you come home. When God shows up, he he may not do it like you want him to do it. But I want to tell you, our thoughts are not his. Neither are our ways his ways. Sometimes God don't do it quite like we think he's going to do it. But I tell you one thing, if you hang on in there, if you keep on walking with him, you keep on talking with him. One day he'll show up in your life and you'll have a testimony that 
that what no doctor could do, what no man, what no woman could do, that God did for me. And I'm going to forever give him glory. And I'm going to forever give him the praise. I, I thank God tonight that all of you are tuned in just for the word that God has given me to give you in this hour, in this season, because somebody is dealing with something. You may have a smile on your face, but nobody knows what's going on down in your heart. But if you trust God with all thine heart and lean not into thine own understanding, but in all thy ways, not, not some of your ways, in all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct thy pathway. Some of you may not understand what God is doing. But I reminded of this story and I'm closing. There was a group of pastors. They were invited uh, to come together for a prayer breakfast. And in that group of pastors was a farmer. And the farmer had, all the pastors had three-piece suits on, dressed up, decked out. This farmer, he showed up with some overalls on. And, and in, them, in, in, in his, his prayer, he, he said, well, who wants to do the prayer? And the farmer said, if you don't mind, let me do the prayer. And he started off his prayer. He said, all heads are bowed and all eyes are closed. And he, he says loudly, Lord, you know, I hate Lord. Now the pastor opened up one of his eyes and he growed a little bit concerned about what the farmer was getting ready to do. And then he says, Lord, you know, I, I, I hate buttermilk. And everybody began to open their eyes and they looked around and the pastor continued to close his eyes and then he loudly proclaimed. He says, Lord, you know I don't care nothing about raw white flour. Then everybody opened their eyes and they, 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 they began to feel discomfort. And then the farmer added, but Lord, when you put them all together and you bake them, you know I love those fresh, warm biscuits. So Lord, when things come up that, that we don't understand, when things come up that we don't like, when life gets hard, when we don't understand what you're doing and saying to us, help us just to relax and wait till you're done mixing things. It's probably going to be better than the biscuits. And then he ended it with an amen. Sisters, within that prayer was great wisdom for all of us that may be going through something. When things get complicated, when situations uh, uh, that you're experiencing in the world today, when you don't understand, stay, stay strong. Stay, stay encouraged because just know that our Lord is mixing those things together. And, and, and as soon as he's done, then, then, then something is going to be better. It is going to be better than it was when he started because all things working together for the good of them that love him. To them who are the called according to his purpose. I want to wish you all a Merry Christmas. And I hope that God continue to smile upon you. Let us pray as we close out. 
Father in heaven, we thank you uh, for our time together. We thank you, God, for all that you've done and all that you're doing. And we praise you for what you're going to do. God, we, we ask you to continue to bless us, hold us and keep us like only you can. And God, on tomorrow morning, I pray that even if somebody doesn't have anything under the tree, that God, they still celebrate you for dying on the tree in order that we may live. I thank you, God, for showing up right on time, showing up to redeem us from slavery, to release your spirit and to regard us as something special. God, I thank you for each person, each family that's represented on this line. God, bless them like only you can. Grant them peace that surpasses all understanding. And when it's all over, we pray that we have done what you've told us to do and that you're pleased with our walk and our talk and that you can reward us by saying, servant, well done. Come on home. You've been faithful over a few things. Come on home and I'm going to make you ruler over men. And we thank you now and we praise you. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen.